Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ew! Ew! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Get ballsy! Because that's what it's all about, baby. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. And I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Make sure to go check out our wonderful website at BallBlastFootball.com. Our writers are just putting out awesome, awesome content over there. And if you want to get additional content, a lot of betting, DFS advice, and my Fire and Ice article every week, uh, go sign up at Patreon.com slash BallBlast. Lots of awesome exclusives you get if you sign up over at Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash ballblast. And smash that five-star mark on your podcast app. If you're so kind, it means so, so much to us, and it helps us more than you know. Guys, it's week eight. Are you feeling as good about your fantasy teams as I am? Me. Probably not. No? (laughs) I don't think either of us have the confidence that Michelle has in our teams right now. (laughs) I've been actually just trying to reach that level of confidence in my everyday life and match Michelle in that area. Um, I think we should all strive for that. But no, uh, I'm either crushing it or I'm absolutely, what's the opposite of not crushing it? Being crushed. Being just literally pulverized like a, uh, like a, uh, what what's See, something that gets pulled that's what i enjoy this year <laughs> is i don't have any bad leaks i'm like i'm either at 500 or i'm really really good humble brag so, i like it i don't even think i was a humble brag that was just no, a straight up I'm brag just, i'm just bragging over here and that's that's okay i didn't draft joe mixon in any league so that's why i'm winning bingo there it is you already hit the bingo card if you had it under five minutes you win guys congrats uh we do have a big kind of piece of news to get to some breaking news hit right before our show so let's hop into the news and notes breaking news breaking news breaking news breaking news the new orleans saints traded for mark ingram new orleans they get their boy back Mark Ingram goes back home, plays with the Saints. It seems like Alvin Kamara is pumped to have his his, friend back. His exact reaction was, Marapaka! Yeah, he's very excited. They were great together back in the day. It's been a few years now. We'll see if they can still be great together. I'm more worried about the Mark Ingram side being great. Um, But Brandon Cooks, on the opposite hand, was very, very upset. And he said, this is BS. Um, so he was not happy and I would not be happy if I was him either. Big, like, please bring me along with you. Please yeah. give me some friends. <laughs> I want to leave as well. I cannot believe actually they made a trade with Houston and it wasn't 
for Brandon Cooks. Like, they need a wide receiver. Yeah, it's a little brutal. I thought Marlon Mack made a lot of sense for the Saints, but Mark Ingram makes sense as well. He is... He's familiar with the team. Yeah. He's old, though, and he's been struggling as of late. I mean, he, he got work in Houston, right? But he didn't do a ton with it. But it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Is he bad because he's bad and old? Or is he bad because he's with the Houston yeah. Texans and they are also bad? I don't think we can really tell. But, I mean, the one thing that we do have to look at is, you know, Mark Ingram's success in Baltimore. It wasn't all that long ago. And he was pretty efficient. He was able to score touchdowns. I, I think he's going to find some success in New Orleans. So, Jake, who would you rather pick up off waivers then? Would it be Mark Ingram now that he has this going to the Saints? you expect him to have some workload? Or do you pick up David Johnson expecting his workload to increase in Houston? Yeah, I'd be more in favor of the Johnson side of things. Uh, it feels weird to say, but I think he has more upside. You know, Mark Ingram, nothing against the man, but he's 32 years old. Even at his best of times when he was a compliment to another back, it's not like you were super geeked here the last couple of years. He's he's old. I'm sorry. David Johnson, uh, not an amazing running back, but now has some opportunities. Uh, he was always kind of the third down guy or had those targets, but now he has a few more rushing opportunities. So yeah, why not? This situation reminds me a lot of the Lions backfield right now where you want DeAndre Swift. Like, I don't think Kamara's really hurt by this. You want the pass-catching guy. Kamara will be used plenty as a pass-catcher. And, you know, he's not a very good rusher in between the tackles anyways. Uh, I know we don't all want to admit that. He's a great playmaker. He's just not a great pure running back. And that's kind of what DeAndre Swift is. And then you have Jamal Williams. I kind of see Mark Ingram's upside like Jamal Williams, but maybe more scoring opportunities because instead of being on the Lions, he's on the Saints. So a, a few more scoring opportunities we'll see there I think I'm I think I'm with you no I would rather Mark Ingram than David Johnson I just want nothing to do with that Houston offense you're struggling yeah I don't know I I I'm a little bit nervous because I think Tyrod Taylor will bring more relevance back to fantasy for the Texans but with Davis Mills that offense has just been so bad so bad uh, it's anyways, all gross, let's be honest. Yeah, talking about Tyrod Taylor, he is he's back from IR. He's going to practice this week. We'll see if he can play. Now, what I was talking about with how bad they've been with Davis Mills. So with David, so with Tyrod Taylor in just six quarters, right? He played a game and a half. They scored 51 points, the Texans total. In the last 22 quarters, all with Davis Mills, they've scored 46 total points. So they scored more points in just six quarters of Tyra Taylor than they scored this entire time with Davis Mills. That is rough. So That's there is so some terrible. Hope. There is hope for Brandon Cooks with Tyra Taylor coming back. Hopefully he plays this week. It's a pretty hard matchup for Cooks going up against Ramsey uh, with the Rams. But if Tyrod's back, then I'm willing to plug Brandon Cooks back in. But I'm not plugging him in anymore with Davis Mills because dude can't play. Right? <laughs> Unless you need like. 10 solid points in your week, then yeah, you can look elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, Terry McLaurin did not practice on Wednesday. And at first I was like, oh, no big deal. Like he's been dealing with injuries. It's probably a rest day, but it's an ankle injury, which he was dealing with a hamstring injury last week. So this is a new 
injury. Uh, so something just to keep an eye on. Listen, I was scared to play him this week with the hamstring injury because we've seen it happen to so many guys. They play, they're out within five seconds. Then Terry McLaurin goes off. Of course, of course. I told someone to play Chris Godwin over Terry McLaurin. I am sorry. Even though Chris Godwin had a nice game as well. Uh, Antonio Brown is dealing with a sprain near his heel. Uh, and I guess it could be a long-term injury, according to Bruce Arians. He's on a crutch uh, at practice and crutches at practice on Wednesday. I told you guys, I am the jinx. Anybody I pick as my start oh, of the week that's just right. falls to injury. Every single time, I think I'm like like seven for seven this season. Well, I'm with you last week. I said Miles Sanders in the first drive. He looked great, and then he got hurt. And I'm like, okay, I hate fantasy football. But no, Antonio Brown looks like he could miss some time, which really stinks because he was he was huge for fantasy. You drafted him late. You could plug him in every week. This is an upgrade to Chris Godwin, upgrade from Mike Evans, and now Rob Gronkowski is back. So, uh, yeah. Just- Rob Gronkowski, uh, by the way, he's been out since week three, okay? Week three was the last week he played. He is still a top 16 tight end. <laughs> That's ridiculous. With all those touchdowns, Because he's amazing. I don't know who would ever bet against him ever for fantasy <laughs> football in any sort of way because he's so amazing all the Especially time. Especially eating Legos would be really, really <laughs> rough. Uh, no, but Rob Gronkowski is expected back this week against the Saints. I, I like him because I don't think they're going to be able to run very much and they're going to have to pass. Um, and with Antonio Brown out, like, Gronk goes right back into your lineups. Depending on, obviously, who your starter is. If it's Travis Kelsey, maybe not. But, like, Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson has not been anything too fantastic consistency-wise as of late. So, might be considering Gronk there. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, and Kadarius Toney. Woo! Poor Giants, man. They've been struggling with injuries. But they all got in a limited practice today on Wednesday when we're recording. So you're listening Thursday. Uh, but that's a good sign for them, at least a couple of them to play. They don't play till Monday night. And they play against the Chiefs. Wonderful matchup. So it gives them an extra day of rest. We'll see which of these guys keep trending towards the right direction. Um, the only one I would be nervous of missing is Saquon, I think. Hopefully all the wide receivers can come back. But just keep an eye on that. But the issue is that you're going to have to make this decision, like, early. Unless you have the the Saquon Barkley handcuff, which, like, I don't even think is a great handcuff to begin with. I I mean, I I think you have to just plug in whoever you have this week. I don't think you can rely on Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, if you have Devontae Booker, I'm okay with waiting it out. I guess it depends on your other options, but this is a nice matchup. So uh, hopefully we just have more information by the time we get this Sunday. And I think we will. Uh, Jerry Judy, he's going to play. And I'm so excited. He's going to play uh, against Washington in week eight. He, I guess, was ready to go last week, last Thursday night football. But he didn't get to practice. So they held him back just to make just to be safe, which I'm happy about now. He got 10 extra days of rest. I'm plugging him right back in. It's a fantastic matchup against Washington. He was getting all the targets before he got hurt. Like, he goes right back in. Now, him back, does that scare you off, Cortland Sutton at all, Jake? Doesn't scare me away from him. Uh, I I think there's still room for both of them. It will be interesting 
to me to see how much Tim Patrick remains involved because he's actually been like a somewhat steady presence there in Judy's absence. And so I don't know if he continues to get targets there. If he does, it's going to suck for all three of them, but I don't think that's the case. I think it'll be Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and I'm happy with both. Yeah, and it could hurt Noah Fant, I guess, a little bit. Noah Fant's so up and down anyways. It's really hard to play him because you just never know what game he's going to get you. One, two catches for 12 yards, or is he going to go off for like 10 catches for 80? Because that's he does it all the time, back and forth. Uh, MVS, Marquez Veldez-Scantling. Woo, long name. But he's expected to come off IR for the Packers and play on Thursday night. And the only reason this is relevant information is because Devontae Adams is going to be out on the COVID list and you have Alan Lazard out on the COVID list. So it's like MVS are pretty much bust unless you want to go with Randall Cobb um, or Robert Tunyon. But, I mean, he becomes interesting. It's a hard matchup against the Cardinals. That defense has actually been pretty solid. Um, I, are you getting frisky here and even considering starting MVS this week, Kate? No, no, uh, like by apocalypse, like if this situation had taken place in week seven, yeah, absolutely. But MVS is like such a volatile player. Like he's either going to outperform everybody in fantasy football this week or do absolutely nothing. But I mean, I'm banking more like uh, on the success of Aaron Jones this week, Robert Tunyon, I'm a little excited about if you have held on to any hope for him. Packers fan, what do you think? Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones probably splitting out wide. Tunyon should get involved. Hint, hint. I'll talk about him a little bit later. (laughs) But the pass catchers besides that, like I'm probably still just not confident enough, you know, even as a Packers fan, like I don't want to go all in on Randall Cobb. I don't want to go all in on MVS just coming off of IR here. So I'd rather uh, basically sit all of those wide receivers. Yeah, I agree. If I'm going to go with one, it's MVS, but I don't want to do that. It's more of a DFS play there to me. Like if you want to throw in someone super cheap that has a high upside, but I guess it's on Thursday. So, but I guess there's your kind of cheap option if you're you're playing that one game. Uh, Miles Sanders is not practicing for the Eagles on Wednesday. Keep an eye on that. I doubt he plays no this week. Yeah, I don't think he plays this week. So Kenneth Gainwell becomes an interesting option in PPR leagues. Boston Scott saw a lot of work with him out last week. Uh, both of those guys I'm interested in plugging in. If I could only plug in one, it would be Gainwell. Um, but I think Boston Scott's a fine pivot if you desperately need a running back. And then T.Y. Hilton's not practicing for the Colts. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Trending towards not playing again this week. I just think that's big news for Michael Pittman. Like, I I like seeing Michael Pittman shine, and I don't want T.Y. Hilton to come back anytime soon. I want him to be healthy, but, you know, I want Michael Pittman to keep shining. And it's a nice matchup against the Titans this week. Or we think it is. I don't know. They've been solid the last couple of weeks. Who knows? But I, I'm plugging in Michael Pittman this week. Uh, so interesting there about T.Y. Hilton. And then the last piece here, just week eight buys. Make sure to get these players out of your lineups. The Raiders and the Ravens. Those are the only two buys this week. But those that means you're probably going to need a tight end, right? If you have Mark Andrews or you have Darren Waller, you need... You need a guy to fill in for them this week. So we'll get into that in our tight end scrumptious starts of the week. Should we just dig into our favorite starts? Yes, we should. But first, I think we need to take a second to talk about Props Fantasy. 
the latest and greatest new platform to play fantasy football. It's time to take your leagues to a whole new level and experience a brand new way to play fantasy football using the teams you already have. Props Fantasy is bringing you another way to experience fantasy football with your friends, family members, Twitter followers, anybody, really, without creating more leagues, which is the best part. You connect your accounts, Sleeper and Yahoo are currently live, import your rosters, and you get ready to win some challenges. You can make it a public challenge, so strangers, uh, if they think they have the right roster to take you on this week, they can come in, or you could keep it private. You can challenge your buddies, your, uh, your Twitter followers, to a head-to-head -head matchup, even though you're not in the same league. You could put money down on the line and watch your lineups go head-to-head. -head. You can mix and match IDP versus non-IDP, uh, like different scoring settings. They take the common denominators between your leagues and boom, you set your lineups on your respective fantasy apps and go to head-to-head, -to -head, mix up Yahoo, Sleeper. You can do it all. Yeah, and you know you have those annoying coworkers who always brag about their fantasy teams, and you're thinking, oh, Lord, I would beat your butt with my roster, but you're in different leagues, so you can't do it. Or a friend who's always talking crap about their fantasy league, now you can challenge them. Say, put your roster up against mine, let's put some money down, and let's see who actually wins this thing. So it's fun. You don't have to be in the same league as these people who are always talking crap, right? Go prove yourself and your roster, and it's just another thing to look forward to on Sunday. Go over to propsfantasy.com. It's a brand new website, super sleek looking. Check it out, play around with it, see what you can do. The possibilities are endless, the challenges are endless. So sign up now with our unique link, gain an entry for a signed Aaron Rodgers helmet, which is amazing. And you will get an additional entry for every challenge you enter until November 25th. That's propsfantasy.com. We'll be dropping the link. Check it out, propsfantasy.com. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. I'm starving. Starving. I'm... <laughs> let's, go on, let's go all in. Let's walk up to this buffet and take it down. <laughs> Yeah, this is not what I thought she was going to say. So I now was, I'm caught off guard. I was famished after after last week. Uh, I, I've been left very hungry. I feel like Jake did, uh, hit really hard on his scrumptious starts. So congrats I got up. to you. Thanks. You did. No, let's try again here. Um, Jake, start with you with your uh, scrumptious start at quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see if I can keep this going. Uh, in my quarterback slot here, it's somebody that you probably don't have a lot of confidence in, which is understandable because he plays for the Jaguars and they've been <laughs> absolutely atrocious. Uh, it's Trevor Lawrence, but he does get to play the Seahawks this week. Uh, this is two really bad defenses going up against each other here this week, which is the reason that I'm a little more confident in Trevor. Uh, he's started to become better here these last couple of weeks you can see he's becoming a more confident player maybe just they're ignoring urban meyer now i don't know um, but his completion percentage the first three weeks was awful it's 54.2 percent the last three weeks jumped all the way up to 66.3 percent that's a huge increase he's thrown for just under 600 yards in the last two weeks uh, only two passing touchdowns in that span, but he did add one more with his feet. 
uh, and I actually think that's his most underrated quality for fantasy football yeah. is that he has more, you know, scatability, if that's a word. He can run a little bit more than people give him credit for. He's always open to get one of those uh, rushing touchdowns. I just really like this matchup. It stinks that Russell Wilson is not playing opposite of him so that he's forced into a shootout. But even with Geno Smith, I think this is a, a nice recipe for Trevor this week. Yeah, I agree with you. The thing with Trevor Lawrence, he does he looks like he's getting better every single week. So I'm I'm happy to play him. Urban Meyer, of course, makes me nervous just in general. Like just the play calling. <laughs> I think Urban Meyer makes Trevor Lawrence yeah. nervous in general. I wish they I mean Marvin Jones had a big game last week. I wish they would just keep using him. And it's always wild to me that they're not getting LaVisca Chenault more involved. Like it's the Jamal Agnew games, apparently. Yeah. I'm not even a Chenault fan. Like, I don't have him in any league because I didn't believe that he would be peppered with these targets like everyone believed. But, like, for them to go to Agnew over Chanel, it's like, these are very questionable coaching decisions. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I guess Agnew looks pretty decent. So who, who am I to judge? But I do think Trevor Lawrence can have a nice game against the Seahawks this week. My guy's kind of similar where he makes you nervous, right? But he, he has his legs that he can use sneakily. I'm um, just going to say. In a great matchup. We're all living on the edge this week. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw Kate's and it's really making me nervous here. <laughs> uh, but mine is Daniel Jones and it's against the Chiefs. And you know, like Daniel Jones has had it rough the last couple weeks. He hasn't had any of his weapons. I mean, when you look at his this group of guys that are about to come back, maybe this week or next week, like that's a really solid group of guys that he just hasn't had. He could get back his star running back in Barkley, back his three wide receivers in Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Toney, where they just started this connection. So this is huge for him. If he even gets two of his wide receivers back, I'm like, I'm happy about that. I don't think he needs Barkley back. Just give me two running wide receivers back, and I feel good about the scrumptious start. But we saw in the beginning of the year when he had these weapons around him, he scored over 20 fantasy points in three of his first four games. Um, and the Chiefs are just really incredibly actually bad at defense. Like We keep expecting them to figure it out, and it's not happening. So Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen all had over 300 yards against the Chiefs. Ryan Tannehill only put up 276, but, you know, Derrick Henry takes a ton of it. Tyler Haneke is the only quarterback this year to not put up a good performance against the Chiefs defense. I think Daniel Jones with these weapons is, like, I expect 20-plus points. I think the ceiling is even higher than that. I'm excited to start him this week if I if I need to plug someone in. If, you know, one of your guys is struggling, say you've been starting Ryan Tannehill, like, I'd be happy to pivot over to Daniel Jones. You guys For agree? Sure. If one receiver comes back, I'm starting yeah. him. He doesn't even need more than that. Literally, if Tony comes back, if Galladay comes back, one of them, then I'm very comfortable with this. Yeah, I thought about making him my start of the week last week, and then everyone was out. So I was like, I can't do it. He still scored 17.5 fantasy points with nobody there. I mean, he had... Dante Pettis and Darius Slayton, that, that was, were his targets. So if he can do that with nobody, like once people come back, I, I'm i not saying Daniel Jones is the best quarterback ever, but he's he's looked improved. And with these weapons, like I think he can get it done at least for fantasy. It might not come out to a win, but I think for fantasy, it's going to be pretty. 
Kate, who is your scrumptious start of the week at quarterback? Because it seems very unscrumptious, and you said you're hungry. So what's going on here? Uh, I need, yeah. I, I mean, even though I said this about Jake last week about CJ Uzama, and uh, I looked like an idiot. So congrats. Isn't it Uzama? <laughs> Uzama. He just made a whole video about it. Yeah, it up. guys, if you haven't checked out that video, it's hilarious. Um, he like he's like, hey guys, I'm super happy that everybody's talking about the Bengals, but you suck at pronouncing my name. Uh, and I feel that because Majuk, yeah, it sounds pretty easy. <laughs> Try growing up with it, Kate. I mean, <laughs> I've been dealing with it. Michelle, I've been dealing with this for three years. I think I know what I'm talking when, about. When people just give up, they just go magic. I'm like, that's not even close. But then I'm like, yeah, sure. Mazuziak. Uh, yeah. For Alexa, we are the Magziox. <laughs> which is great. Cause, and like, it's gotten to the point, guys. If I'm in the car and I'm using my little... Uh, you know, handheld Siri thing. I'm like, Siri, call Michelle Magziak. And I'm like, that's that's weird that I can't like train her to properly say it and that I've adapted to my technologies. Awful. Uh, I feel like you're really delaying saying who the start of the week is here. Because he ain't scrumptious. It's Teddy Bridgewater. (laughs) Uh, He is facing off against the Washington football team, which is just... It's the juiciest matchup in fantasy right now. There's a little something for every opposing quarterback, except for uh, Justin Herbert, apparently. He's the one quarterback that has not found success against the Washington football team. I don't know what that's about. But Teddy Bridgewater, like, despite the fact that he's not overly sexy, he's getting Jerry Judy back, presumably uh, really excited uh, to see what like they can do. Because Jerry Judy looked fantastic while he was on the field. He's got Cortland Sutton. He's got uh, two running backs, capable receivers. He's ranking right now 12th in passer rating, 4th in completion rate. He's completing passes at a 70% clip. And we know he's like a relatively safe quarterback. He doesn't put up super obnoxiously big games, but he usually doesn't tank you that often. Uh, Finishes a QB3 in 23% of his games, which... Like, not, again, not fantastic. I feel like I'm not selling you guys here uh, and doing a very good job about this, but bear with me. He's averaging 18.8 PPR points per game over the last three seasons. PPR? Does he catch passes? No, I, like I in the notes, it just says PPR oh, per okay. game. Sorry. Uh, no, that doesn't matter. Um, but over the last two seasons, when you're looking at uh, like bottom five passing defenses, he's had one matchup against a bottom five defense and uh, all other matchups averaging 16.4 PPR. Now it's in my head. PPR <laughs> points per game. He does not catch passes. Uh, but you know what? Maybe like it's it could be in the game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, and... In the one matchup that he's had that's been against a bottom five passing defense, he's averaged 24.5 PPR points per game. You're driving me crazy. Uh, His points per rotation, a ball rotation, that's what that's actually short for. But the Washington football team, like, uh, I mean, there are so many, so many wide receivers that just had absolutely banging weeks. Like, Justin Herbert had... 15 fantasy points, but outside of Justin Herbert, pretty much every quarterback has scored at least 25 fantasy fantasy points. Uh, you had three consecutive four touchdown performances between Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston. Like they're allowing plenty. I like they can get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, but 
I, I just think with the weapons on the field and with how poorly that defense is performing, Teddy should have a good day. That is kind of wild to see those fantasy performances against Washington. I mean, you go down the line, it's 29-37, 29-27, 25-25. Man, that defense is bad. Wow. I was thinking, like, if I had to choose between Trevor Lawrence and Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going with Lawrence. But after seeing what quarterbacks have done to Washington, now I kind of want to go Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Jake, who you choose in here between Bridgewater and Lawrence? Um, I still like the upside of Trevor Lawrence just a little bit more, but you're right, Kate. It's, you're never going to be super disappointed by him. And it's like, if I can get a quarterback 10 performance out of him, which is very much in reach, then he's an auto start. So I, I love both, but I still lean the upside with Lawrence. And then, well, I guess I can throw in my guy, Daniel Jones. Would you play him over either of these guys? It depends on how many of those receivers come back. Like that is, okay. I, I said I'm comfortable starting him if one comes back. Um, let's say that all three of those big names come back, then I might go Jones over both of the other guys. Cool. Same here. And then one more question just for the fun of it. Let's say you're, you're looking at Carson Wentz, who's been pretty good as of late. Carson Wentz or any of these three guys, um, where would you rank Wentz here? I really thought about making Carson my scrumptious start at quarterback before I pivoted to Lawrence. After but the I worst actually... interception of the years, guys. Like... <laughs> it didn't count as interception. It was a fumble. That counted That's as a ridiculous. fumble? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. He handed them the ridiculous. ball. Yeah. It definitely was an interception. But uh, so what you're saying, was it? would it be Wentz or no? You went No, because I don't think he has the upside that these other guys actually have this week. I considered him a safe play, but... Uh, I'd still take Teddy over him as well. Okay, cool. Let's go to running backs here. Jake, who is your running back scrumptious start of the week? We really like uh, the Bears versus 49ers matchup this week. Mine is Khalil Herbert, who gets to play against San Francisco. Uh, Herbert smashed expectations last week, playing against Tampa Bay, arguably the best run defense in the NFL. And the dude put up 100 rushing yards against them. And then he tacked on five receptions for 33 yards. Damian Williams was a complete afterthought. He had just come back from injury. It didn't matter. Like, against that defense, he was able to produce, like, a friggin' superstar. Uh, So he's averaging 107 total yards over his last three games. He didn't even start in that first game. He only got 53% of those snaps in week five, he's still averaging 107 total yards. San Francisco, they're pretty middle of the run, uh, middle of the road, excuse me, against the run. Uh, They're also bad against the pass, but I don't believe that Justin Fields is going to be able to take advantage of that. So it's once again going to fall on to Herbert, I think, even if Damian Williams cuts into his snaps a little bit more, being a little healthier this week. I still love Herbert. Yeah, I think Herbert's proven himself at this point. I, I couldn't even imagine playing Herbert last week against the Bucks. I just thought it was such a bad play. The Buccaneers don't let anyone run on them. You probably had to play him, though. If you yeah. rostered Khalil I Herbert. I had to, actually. In two leagues, I had to play Herbert and nobody else. So when I say I can't imagine playing him, I had to because it was the bye, the bye weeks and the injuries. It was just terrible. Uh, I was very happy about it. 
But like when I was giving advice, I was like, I don't want to play Herbert. Like the Bucks don't let anyone run against them. Like what are the chances he does it? Damian Williams is back. And then how is he the one running back that can run against them? <laughs> like they destroyed Justin Fields in the passing game. And he's still like, you would think that would make it so hard to run because there'd be no room because they couldn't get any of the passing game going. And he still just was the one running back to be able to do it. Like that's amazing. Khalil Herbert, man. Yeah, we already heard uh, like beat reporters are saying he's climbing the depth chart. It makes me worried about David Montgomery when he comes. No, down. I don't think you need to worry about David Montgomery. But I mean, maybe you do to the you tune can't that... just sit Herbert down on the bench though. No, it was you all David cannot. Montgomery before. Now Herbert's going to take a lot of carries. He is, but like instead of David Montgomery seeing like an absurd amount of carries, he's probably like he's still going to handle the lion's share. I would like I'm not in any way projecting like a fifty fifty backfield split are you I don't know Herbert's like really good I don't know how you sit him he, he looks better than David Montgomery and I'm a big David Montgomery fan like I'm not trying to hate on him uh but what do you think Jake here are you worried about David Montgomery when he comes back uh, I think that David Montgomery is still going to be a very usable running back for fantasy football. I think that Khalil Herbert takes over the snaps of Damian Williams and then gets some added on top like Damian Williams is the clear odd man out here but I think, uh, you know, it basically moves David Montgomery down from that back end running back one to sort of a mid-tier running back two. Still very, very good, but not what he would have been. Yeah, I almost was like, oh, I want to go get David Montgomery everywhere last week before, you know, he comes back from IR. And I'm kind of happy I didn't because Herbert looks amazing. My guys on the opposite side uh, of the ball here in the same game, I'm going with Elijah Mitchell versus the Bears. Um, so Mitchell is by far the lead back for the 49ers. Like, it's his job. He even missed time due to injury. Trey Sermon got his chance to show what he could do and take over that lead spot. As soon as Elijah Mitchell came back from injury, he, he got the lead job back. Um, in his three full games that he's played so far this year, 19, 17, and 18 carries in that game. Uh, last week, Jamichael Hasty had... Three carries while Mitchell had 18 and no other running back on the team got a single carry. Uh, so like we're, we're used to Kyle Shanahan doing this like split, right? So we thought at worst, Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell would split 50-50. Like Sermon might be something, but no, it's the Elijah Mitchell show. And you would like to see him get more receiving work. So if I am choosing between Herbert and Mitchell, I would go with Herbert there just because we've seen him get some targets. Um, but Mitchell's been killing it. Like every time he touches the ball, you're like, damn, this dude should touch the ball more often. For some reason, they kind of went away from him last, what was it, on Monday night. Um, he looked fantastic. Like they should have kept running with him and hopefully they learn their lesson there. But the Bears have been able to be beat by the run, which you're not used to because the Bears have been a solid defense as of late. But also Khalil Mack is going to be out for this game. Robert Quinn is questionable, which he's not huge for the run game, but still he's, he's one of their better defensive players. And then Hakeem Hicks is questionable. That's a massive one I'm looking for because he is their, their entire run defense. Without Hicks, they are a terrible, terrible run defense. With him, they're pretty good. Um, I'll still play Mitchell, but if Hicks is out, ooh, lordy, I love it. And, you know, 
when you're looking at running backs and what they've done against the Bears, they've all been pretty successful. Now, Joe Mixon sucked. He only had eight points against them, but that's Joe Mixon. Another another time you can cross that out. But Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for 35 fantasy points. Um, you had A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones combined for 26 fantasy points. Daryl Henderson had 16 fantasy points. Josh Jacobs had 17. Leonard Fournette had 17. Like, this should be a solid week for Elijah Mitchell, and I'm happy to plug him in. Yeah, I really like this. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, like I was really in on the idea that we really would see Trey Sermon be able to work his way into the mix, even though he was clearly in the doghouse and Kyle Shanahan did not want him within a three-mile radius of any football field. But it's very clearly the Elijah Mitchell show. And I think like it's really hard to find a running back that I I think is going to see that kind of safe workload, especially while George Kittle is still out while Brandon Ayuk is still not a thing, not a thing. Like this is a absolutely great pick in the matchup just with the injuries. I'm not sure I've ever hated a coach more than I hate Kyle Shanahan. His doghouse is not a place anybody wants to be, by the way. uh, I don't know. It's more like a shed, and it it seems very (laughs) dank and dark, and and I don't think it's a loving place. Imagine Deontay Johnson last year on the 49ers. He would have never been allowed to run another route in his entire career (laughs) with the 49ers. It's It's like good wide receivers make mistakes sometimes, and he just destroys wide receivers' careers. He destroys them, unless your name is Debo Samuel, apparently. Uh, Kate, who is your running back scrumptious start of the week? All right. I am going a little bit deeper with my start of the week this week. Uh, You don't normally want to start a quote-unquote backup running back, but I think this guy is the perfect flavor for week eight, and I'm talking about Jamal Williams. Let's be honest. He's the coolest dude ever. He's the right flavor for every single week. But, I mean, when you look at what he's actually been doing and the work that they've delegated to him, I mean, he's had more than uh, 12 or more carries in four of the last five weeks that they've played football. Like, that's a decent, decent amount of touches. He's a very capable receiver. What I'm really excited about, though, I think there's going to be so much room for DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams to eat with this matchup. The Eagles are allowing the second most rushing yards to opposing running backs, eighth most receiving yards to running backs. And this is like what they need to exploit. If they are going to move the ball, uh, we've seen, I don't think TJ Hawkinson can handle being the only guy left to catch a ball. And I do think they're going to get Jamal Williams involved as well. Uh, We saw in week one, nine targets. I like that. I like that. It's dipped off a little bit since then, but Um, I just think this is going to be such a delicious matchup. And uh, with the current state of things in your fantasy football teams, if you've succumbed to injuries, I think Jamal Williams is a perfect uh, fill-in for whatever your needs may be. Yeah, I don't hate this. At first I did, but then I'm thinking about how the Eagles just always get down by 20-plus points by the time it's the middle of the third, like even by halftime. And if that's the case, like they're not going to start using Swift all that much. It's going to be a Jamal Williams game until, you know, Philly makes their comeback and they're down by seven and they just need to get the ball back, but they never get it back. Like it's the same story every game. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't mind this. It doesn't make me excited, but I don't mind it. 
He's the, like the real running question. back 27 right now. And like a lot of that's due to a big week one, but I think he can absolutely replicate this week one. And I think uh, just like you said, Michelle, the game script should be perfect for that, at least leading up until the fourth quarter when, you know, the, the Eagles are scheduled to go off every single week. I like Jamal Williams. Yeah, the only question is this week, is he going to be a mermaid or is he going to be Spongebob? You know, that's the important question you have to ask yourself. Okay. Then, yeah, he's he's, a great start. (laughs) He's such a freaking gem. Before we get into our wide receiver starts of the week, I want to talk about underdog fantasy. It has been a minute since we've talked about underdog because you know what? The draft season is over, but there's still underdog left to be played. You can obviously still do like your weekly drafts and stuff like that and, you know, pick your lineups and all that good stuff. But what I'm really excited about is the NFL Pick'ems. Super, super fun. Pick your player props and then they just multiply out as many as you want. Add them in there and then uh, it just multiplies your cash. That's, That's what I love. And Underdog Fantasy, if you held out until now, you're in a great spot. For new users, if you make a deposit right now using promo code BALLBLAST, they will match 100% of your deposit up to $100. You know, like the the preseason uh, NAB, that was like $25 free dollars. Now you could get up to $100 free dollars, guys, and you can play NFL props, draft your, your weekly fantasy lineups all you want. But that's a lot of free money to play with. That is Underdog Fantasy promo code Ball Blast to have a very fun and unique daily fantasy sports experience. All right, let's get into our favorite wide receivers to play this week. Jake, we'll start it off with you. Who's your scrumptious start of the week at wide receiver? I am tired of people talking about Jamar Chase, so I'm going to talk about (laughs) T. Higgins this week. Uh, Fellow Cincinnati Bengal who gets to play the New York Jets It's not the most pristine-looking matchup on paper. I want to get that out of the way here at the start. Um, But here's some votes of confidence for T. Higgins. In the games that Higgins played, because he missed a couple, but in the games he's played, he has out-targeted Jamar Chase, 43-37. to He also has the most red zone targets of anybody on the team, despite missing those two games. Now, the Jets have allowed the third-fewest fantasy points to wide receivers so far. That's scary. That looks bad. But keep in mind, they have played the Patriots, the Titans when they didn't have Julio Jones or A.J. Brown, and the Falcons when they didn't have Calvin Ridley or Russell Gage. So that number looks a lot worse than it truly has been. My biggest hesitation, I'll be honest, I put this in here when I thought Joe Flacco was going to get to start for the Jets. It does not look that Flacco is going to be that guy. They're going to roll with Mike White this week. So it's like, can Mike White actually keep the game interesting enough that Higgins won't be canceled out of it by the second (laughs) half? And that's the thing. It's like, you're going to have to bank on him getting his production in the first half. I'm still comfortable with that. The guy saw 15 targets last week. He's clearly a focal point here. Uh, so, you know, he's a safe guy, I think. Yeah. I mean, I needed to hear this, I think as a T Higgins manager, right? Like it's, it's been rough and he's getting the targets. That's what's so frustrating. Like when I went and looked at the game, I was like, Ooh, let's Higgins do. I'm like, Oh man, he's not doing anything. I saw he had like 11 targets. I'm like, what, how, like, where are the yards at? Because it doesn't make any sense since he 
they had a great connection last year, Burrow and Higgins, and he's connecting so well with Chase. So it doesn't make sense that this year, all of a sudden, he can't connect with Higgins. Hopefully, you know, it's kind of like A.J. Brown, where it, it starts coming to fruition. We start to see it. You know, he steps things up. But, yeah, I needed to hear that. I think you can play him. I do think... As much as I hate on Joe Mixon, I think this will be a monster game for him. He has monster games sure. against bad defenses. He always does that. So he should have another monster game against the Jets. They are the like one of the worst rush defenses ever this year. So, But if Mike White can somehow stay competitive <laughs> at all. He's the key to unlocking that Jets yeah. offense. I'm telling We're you. We're going to need T. Higgins to score quickly, like on the first drive, please. Uh, but my guy, uh, I he goes with my quarterback this week. So I'm going with Kadarius Toney. And I get it. He might not play. But I think I think he can pull through, right? It's an ankle injury. He sat out that whole game two weeks ago because it was on the first drive he got hurt. And he sat out last week. So they didn't put him on IR. I'm hoping he's back this week, but we'll get to that in a second if he's not. But let's talk about Tony here because this is my dude, and I'm just so happy for him. But the top five players in yards per route run, we're talking about yards per route run leaders this season, and I put it at a minimum 100 routes ran. So we're not getting anyone in there that ran like 10 routes and got a target. But off of next-gen stats, the top leaders in yards per route run this season, it goes Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and then it's Kadarius Tony. right after all of those studs. The guy after that's Antonio Brown, who's also been a stud this year. Listen, he didn't get to play really at all the first three weeks. He had COVID in the offseason. They brought him back extremely slow. Like for some reason, they just like wouldn't let him practice. It was a disaster of an offseason. And he's a rookie. Like God forbid he had to earn his time. But then he got to play, guys. Like, this is what people are understanding. Like, they're like, well, he couldn't do it until everyone was gone. It's like, well, then he, everyone was gone and he did it. Like, he proved himself. He is a first-round pick. They want him to be good. They want to utilize him. Uh, week four, he came onto the scene after all the injuries in a limited uh, game. Like, he didn't really start doing anything until later in that game. Six receptions for 78 yards. We know what happened in week five. He went completely off, 10 receptions, 189 yards, 30 fantasy points. And then in week six, we all played him. He played one drive. He ran four routes, guys. He ran four routes in that game, and he had three receptions for 36 yards. Ran four routes before he got injured. He is the focal point of this offense when he was there. Sterling Shepard played in that game, and Kadarius Toney still had more receiving yards than Sterling Shepard at halftime. He, they want him, they, they want Tony to be the focal point. Tony. And we already mentioned how bad the Chiefs are on, on defense, but against wide receivers, man, they are bad, bad. Uh, Mike Williams, 33 fantasy points. A.J. Brown, 27. Marquise Brown, 23. Emmanuel Sanders, 20. We had Devonta Smith and Jarvis Landry, who have done pretty much nothing the rest of the season, have 19 fantasy points. Keenan Allen put up 19. Anthony Schwartz had 69 yards. Like, anyone can do anything against the Chiefs and... If Kadarius Tony plays, I am all in on plugging him right in. Now, if he doesn't play, I think like Sterling Shepard would be my next scrumptious start, right? If Kadarius Tony doesn't play. I thought you were about to say, if he doesn't play, don't put him in your lineup. <laughs> no. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it might be hard to have both Shepard and Tony on your team. I understand that. But 
if he doesn't play, he would be my next grump to start the week. Um, but also if he doesn't play, I want him on my bench. Like I still want Tony if I'm either trading for him or if he's on my waivers, which he has been in some leagues, I'm picking him up or I'm trading for him. He can sit on my bench for another week, but I think he's a league winner this year. I'm all in on Kadarius Tony. I'm so pumped for him. Woo! Hi! All right, Kate. I also really love this guy, so talk about him. All right, so this guy, you got to give him props. He's been doing pretty freaking fantastically. I'm talking about Michael Pittman. Michelle, you already shouted him out earlier on in the show, but uh, he is just so quietly producing, just very solidly for fantasy football. Outside of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in week seven, the Titans are allowing pretty much any wide receiver to do whatever the heck they want. Uh, averaging a league high 226 receiving yards to opposing wideouts, a whole slew of touchdowns, like all of the touchdowns. You get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. <laughs> now we have Paris Campbell, who's likely out for the season with a foot injury. Michelle, you mentioned T.Y. Hilton managing yet another injury. Like this is Pittman's time to shine, and he absolutely has. Um, he's been performing, uh, guys, wait for this, uh, as the wide receiver 20. When? Like that is bonkers crazy. He's on pace for more than a thousand receiving yards. Like this dude is having a fantastic campaign this year. And I just, I think the matchup is so delicious. Um, I, I would just eat him up and I'm really sad because he's a guy that I didn't draft in a lot of my leagues. Oh yeah, I didn't draft him anywhere. I didn't, I didn't trust the Colts' offense. You know, Carson Wentz had the injury before the season. I was worried about him. Yeah, I, I missed on Michael Pittman, but he has been fantastic. Uh, Jake, what do you feel about Pittman? I just yeah, I'm sad because I was so down on him coming into this year, and yeah. that's the same deal. I have zero zero on any team of Michael Pittman. So. I love that we're all but just the dudes sad. The real. I don't think we talked about him like at all on the podcast this offseason. No, in fact, the only the only things that I had to say about all wide receivers for the Colts is that they're probably going to stink and you should keep them off of your fantasy teams. <laughs> no, he's yeah, he's he's been proving us wrong, but I'm I'm enjoying watching him. He's like he's one of those guys that are just fun to watch play. Like he makes insane catches and he does the damn thing. I just traded for him actually. I traded away Elijah Mitchell and I got Michael Pittman. I traded with my father, and he accepted. So, I love it. Hey, yeah. Papa Magic made yeah, the trade. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> fun times. All right, let's jump into the tight ends here because, like I said, Mark Andrews and Darren Waller are both on bye this week. So if you have them, you're looking for a guy off the waivers. And I think Jake and I both have guys you can pick up. Kate's probably not so much. But, Jake, jump into yours. Yeah, hopefully you're listening to this before the Thursday night kickoff so that you have the opportunity to pick up Robert Tunyon. Very likely on your waivers. He is in a lot of leagues because he has underperformed pretty drastically. But we mentioned at the top of the show, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, both going to be out here. Another interesting injury to keep in mind is that J.J. Watt is going to miss the game on the other side of the ball for Arizona. He's the second highest graded pass rusher on that team, so... Chandler Jones is still going to be there, still going to be a problem for the makeshift offensive line in Green Bay. But that should free up Tunyon a little bit more to run some routes and not have to be in to block all of the time. And that's going to be huge for him. Uh, He had a nice stat line last week. He got five targets, four receptions, 63 yards, and that tootie, despite Mercedes Lewis 
the 85-year-old tight end who won't go away, vulturing <laughs> some of his targets. Uh, but Cardinals, again, this is a bad one that looks worse on paper than it truly is because the Cardinals have been by far the best team against opposing tight ends for fantasy. But as Heath Cummings pointed out on Twitter, that's because they have faced Anthony Ferkser, Tyler Conklin, Jacob Hollister, Tyler Higby, Ross Dwelly, the Browns guys, and Jordan Akins. The highest scorer out of that entire group is Tyler Higby at tight end 16. The rest of that group is just straight up garbage. That's why it looks like that. I'm not afraid for Tunyon. He's going to be looked at often uh, with the, the ramshackle offense in play on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to, right? And without Adams there, like when they get near the near the end zone, like it's going to be Tunyon he's looking for. He's the only like other big dude there. I mean, MVS is tall, yes, but very lanky and he's not strong. He's not strong <laughs> enough for a like a serious red zone threat. Uh so yeah, I, I like Tunyon this week. My guy, I don't know. I, I feel like no one else likes him and I just have this weird I have this weird thing for Dan Arnold. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Um I have him on like every team just waiting for him to break out. I, I actually think like I think he's going to have a nice week. Dan Arnold gets the Seahawks. He's only played three games with the Jaguars so far. Like he got traded from Carolina to the Jaguars before week four. And then it was just thrown into action. So obviously he's not going to do anything in week four. It was literally like three days before the game. But then in week five, he had eight targets for 64 yards. Fantastic tight end week. And then in week six, uh, five targets for 27. Definitely not something you want. Like you want, you want more than that. But five targets is nice to see. A little bit more would be preferred, but he ran 28 routes and no other tight end on the Jaguars ran more than five routes. And the, those two weeks he ran 27 routes and 28 routes. That's very solid numbers for a tight end. He's not being just used as a blocker, which is really nice. They want him out there to pass catches and the Jags had a buy in week seven. That's a perfect time to get him acclimated into this offense. He can learn more. Like, it, it, it's go time now. It's after the bye. Like, Urban Meyer clearly really wants a tight end, right? He tried to make any tight end work this year. It wasn't working. So they traded away C.J. Henderson, which was their first-round pick just either last year or the year before that, to go get Dan Arnold. Like, he's supposed to be a part of this offense. Pat Fryermuth last week. If you don't know who he is, he's a rookie tight end for the Steelers. Uh, he had seven receptions for 58 receiving yards against the Seahawks. Tyler Conklin had seven receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown against the Seahawks. Ross Dwelly scored a touchdown against the Seahawks. Like you can beat the Seahawks as a tight end. I'm all in on Dan Arnold just in general, but I actually think this week should be a very good week for him. Does Dan anyone else agree with me? Coming through. <laughs> Look, you need like somebody. You need somebody drastically at tight end. So uh, is he worse than any other punt at tight end? Definitely not. And he has a lot more upside. So I'll take it. I. Why do I like him so much? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I like I Dan Arnold is a guy that I think I'm out on in like season long leagues. Um I'm sure I'll probably roster him in a few DFS lineups, but I could be eating my words. Uh, it's probably Dan Arnold week because my I pick isn't to. much better. Why? Despite the Despite the name value. Yeah, his name. Is he's not much better. Uh, Michelle, you had mentioned that my guy's not 
probably available on waiver wires. And I was like, I'm sure he's available on some. And I went and checked. He's rostered uh, over 80% of uh, ESPN leagues, which blew my mind. I thought he surely would have been dropped by now. Talking about Tyler Higby, the Rams tight end uh, that we keep waiting to break out. We know he's got the talent. Okay. We know we've seen the fantasy production. It's just not been consistent. Uh, All of the opportunity is there. The Rams rank third in scoring among NFL teams. Matthew Stafford is playing out of his freaking mind. Like he is just, he looks so sharp. Uh, But Higby, like he's not just blocking. He's playing 90% of team uh, offensive snaps, but he ranks seventh among all NFL tight ends in number of routes run, which that's like, that's my favorite thing to look out for a tight end because uh, if you're not running routes, then you can't catch the ball. So you like Dan Arnold, right? With his 28 routes ran <laughs> last week? Yes. Yeah. Stop yes. trying to make Darna- Dan Arnold happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. Michelle, you've, we're we're going to cancel you. Uh, probably, yeah. But not because I, now I feel like I jinxed it and he is going to break out. But anyway, they get the Houston Texans this week. It should be a pretty easy matchup for them. Uh, but the Houston Texans have just been like that team to stream the tight end position against. They've allowed the third most fantasy points to the tight end position. They have a lot of touchdowns scored by a tight end in six of seven games played in 2021, including a rushing touchdown from Tommy Tremble. Uh, th- like this is a team that can't really stop the tight end. And we know the upside for Tyler Higby is pretty huge. We know this team scores a lot of points. They score a lot of touchdowns. You just have to wait for this whole melting pot together. And I do think that uh, we'll see Sean McVay scheme something up for Tyler Higby and get him the ball this week. Yeah. The thing with Tyler Higby is he could have a good, nice, solid week any week. It's just also he can disappear in any week. Um, it's like any other tight end. Like, I feel like we're hating on Tyler Higby, but it's like every tight end does this. Even we've seen it out of Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson this year uh, too many times. It's like, unless your name is Travis Kelsey or apparently Kyle Pitts lately, um, you're just going to have disappointing weeks. So Tyler Higby doesn't have as high of a ceiling as you would like, um, like Waller or Hawkinson, but he's fine. He's fine. Um, Let's get into our biggest fade of the week. We're running a little long here on this podcast, so we'll run through our biggest fade of the week this week. Mine is very, very scary to say, so I'm going to let Jake say his first so I can have a few breaths before. Jake, who's your biggest fade this week? Mine's a little scary considering what this man did last week for fantasy football. My scrumptious That's right. Talk about Tua Tagovailoa, who is playing Buffalo. This week, and that's my concern. Last week, amazing call on your behalf. Uh, he got to destroy Atlanta last week. He was the quarterback one last woo, week, woo. and I understand that. That's amazing. And the week prior, he got to play Jacksonville, and he was quarterback 10 when he got to play Jacksonville. Buffalo is not Atlanta. Buffalo is not Jacksonville. I need to wrap this man in caution tape for you because <laughs> the a divisional road game, against the number one defense against opposing quarterbacks is not a recipe to love to this week. You can like him, you can start him, and you might have to. But I'm just, I'm cautioning you because Patrick Mahomes, yes, he hasn't looked as good as he did last year, but Mahomes finished as the quarterback 13 against them in week five. That was his lowest fantasy production all year, except for last week when he got hurt against the Titans. 
and it's just not a, a promising recipe for me. So it's nothing against him. It's all about this matchup, and I'm just kind of out here. Yeah, I mean, I loved Tua so much because he was against Atlanta. You know, it was about the matchup. It wasn't about Tua. Now, I, I do think he deserves to keep his job in Miami and all of the rumors about Deshaun Watson. Like, they would, I, I don't know, all of that. But, no, I don't want to play him against the Bills, I guess is all I'm trying to say here. All right, I don't want people to hate me with this fade of the week. Cause they gonna. They're going to be like, you're so stupid, <laughs> which I, I could very possibly be very stupid fading this dude. Uh, Tom Brady, I'm fading him. He's against the Saints at the Saints. I think that's the bigger keyword here, at the Saints this week. Brady has thrown 18 of his 21 touchdowns this year at home. He's only thrown three on the road. That's like a wild split, completely wild. Um, and what sucks for him is that he's facing a Saints defense that's on fire. And I feel like the Saints defense is either terrible, like they go through stretches where they're really bad, or they go through stretches where they are just dominant and they don't let anyone do anything. Now, maybe they're on fire because they faced Tyler Haneke and Geno Smith the last two weeks. Like, that could very well be possible, but I think the stadium is going to be rocking with Tom Brady there. Their defense has been legit good, and you know their team is winning. They're a four and two team. Like they actually, um, they look like they're they're doing well. So I think the crowd is going to show up. It's going to really be really hard. And guess what? Tom Brady was amazing last year. He had an amazing year. He threw forty touchdowns last year, and in the two games that he faced the Saints. He was pretty bad. Like the Saints owned him last year. Uh, when you're looking, he had 239 yards the first matchup, 209 yards the second matchup, and 199 yards in the third matchup in the playoffs. Now he did come away with two touchdowns in two of those three games, which if you, I'm sure he'll score two touchdowns, right? When I'm saying fade, it's not like he's going to die out there. It's not like he's going to get six <laughs> points. It's just he's not going to have a monster week. But he had two interceptions in one of the games and three interceptions in another one. Like the saints really had his number in the regular season last year. Although he was great against pretty much everyone else. Um, there's no Antonio Brown going to be there. Now Gronk is going to be back. That's helpful. But the Saints, like, they haven't allowed anything the last couple weeks besides that long touchdown to Metcalf, and then Geno Smith didn't do anything the rest of the game. Their run defense is stupid good, so they're not going to be able to run with Leonard Fournette to open up the pass game. I'm worried about Tom Brady. I think, will he score 16, 17 points? Probably, yes. But I don't think he gets over. I don't think he has a big week. I don't think he gets over 20. I'm fading him. You can still play him. But he makes me nervous. Pew. What do you guys think? It's fair. No, it's fair. I get it with the matchup. Like, you do probably, you have to start him. But yeah, you're not going to be maybe as thrilled as you previously have been. And anytime I've ever doubted Tom Brady, he comes out and makes me look like an idiot. So he's going to throw five touchdowns and be the quarterback <laughs> one on the week. So, Kate, who's your fade of the week? All right. This isn't going to be a uh, popular fade because it's a guy that, like, you probably have to play. But I'm going with Miles Gaskin. Why would anyone have to play Miles Gaskin? Just injuries. Running backs are I'm telling, gross. I'm telling you right now, if you have Miles Gaskin, you don't have to play him. <laughs> but like, you might be forced. It, I it. think it's isn't it hard to like bench him at this point because it like I do think he's going to see touches. Uh, Malcolm Brown, a fellow running back for the Miami Dolphins, just went on IR. 
he's out of the picture. And I feel like the biggest barrier to success for any of these Dolphins running backs has just been the the constant rotation uh, at, you know, just every single given point. Um, it's just been so hard to predict whose game it's going to be, who's going to see the touches. Um, and you finally saw uh, Miles Gaskin got the touches last week, uh, 67 yards on the ground, caught four passes, only 10 yards, but he got a score in there somehow. I like, I think you're probably going to see more touches than we have all season for him, but I'm fading him against the Buffalo Bills defense. Like they, they've just been uh, overly stout. Uh, they've been, they were able to shut down uh, Najee Harris week one, which we saw him immediately. Like after that week one, you can either uh, maybe attribute it to, uh, you know, the fact that he was just playing his first football game ever, uh, or you can just, you know, acknowledge the fact that this has looked like a really good team in week two. They did shut him down though. He didn't get much work um, five for 25 and another four receptions for 21 yards. Uh, Derek Henry is really just the only running back that's had a big day against him. And it's, it's Derek freaking Henry uh, who had his three touchdown performance in prime time. I think that uh, while the volume's going to be there for miles Gaskin uh, and you probably won't sit him for that reason. I do think that he's just going to have an inefficient game and I'm setting my expectations low. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never excited about starting miles Gaskin. He had that one big week. He did come through with the touchdown last week. Miles Gaskin. He gets you 10 points. Sit your benches, pass him. Oh, good job. I didn't think you were going to come up with that last word. I liked it. I liked it. So is it it Miles Gaskin or is it Miles Gaskant this week? Miles (laughs) Gaskant. All right. We are going to uh, end the show and go watch the Astros beat up on the Braves in the World Series. Let's go Astros. We're Houston, uh, you know, natives now. So we got to. Root for them. Cheaters. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Kate actually likes them. Uh, Anyways, good luck in week eight, everybody. You're going to go get that win. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.